Welcome to the Pointing It Out podcast. I am Megan Holmes here at the Needlepoint Clubhouse in St. Louis, Missouri. And I am Melissa McLeod at the Wool and the Floss in Gross Point, Michigan. We have been Needlepoint besties for a number of years now, and we love talking about all things Needlepoint. It's true. And whether we're talking about our friends in the industry or chatting about tips and tricks that we've learned over the years, we are just here to keep you company while you stitch. For the visual version of this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube at Pointing It Out Podcast. Hi, stranger. How are you? Hi, good. Thanks. How are you? Well, I'm a little tired from our busy weekend. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm pretty good. I had a, you had a really busy weekend. I um I had a busy weekend weekend. I'm just feeling disheveled because I just ran home from the shop to try to find a quieter place, and now this place isn't quiet either. So it's just like you don't. Let, truth be told, you don't like quiet, but um. I do like chaos, but when you're trying to find a place to actually sit and think, it's not easy. But anyway, so we are. yes, let us let me introduce ourselves. Um, for those of you joining us for the first time, um, I am Melissa McLeod here at the Wool and the Floss in Gross Point, Michigan, just outside of Detroit. Um, and along with my partner in crime next door, um, Megan Holmes, uh, normally at the Needlepoint Clubhouse in <laughs> St. Louis. Um, today at home, which is not too far from your shop, um, we are the Pointing It Out podcast team, and we love to bring you things, all things needlepoint um, or needlepoint adjacent, shall we say. Um, I think we've done things on, um, what, like massage therapy and the neuroscience behind stitching and all sorts of like kind of adjacent things. But today we wanted to talk about um, now... You know, they just announced on the radio this morning, maybe not just, but maybe I don't tune into the news very often. I'm talking about how we are, uh, as of May, we are no longer going to be considered in a COVID emergency state, that we are now going to be, COVID isn't gone, but we're living successfully with it for the most part, was what the newscaster was saying. Um, And so now, I know, so now we're going back to um, pandemic status rather than an epidemic. None of this is in my normal wheelhouse. Point being, we've all kind of shifted gears and we're all like learning to live with COVID and getting out and about and getting together with people. And we don't think every moment, like what's going to happen if I'm sitting at a table close to somebody. So Megan and I thought it'd be a great time to talk about all the opportunities to get together in person with people. Right. And I'm actually laughing because there's all kinds of people like walking behind me. (laughs) It's like, I am proving to you that there are people like in my house and around and about. Oh, good. Anyway. Yes. And so, um, so yeah, so I think, um, you know, Melissa and I talk a lot about what topics we want to cover and, you know, oftentimes we talk about product or we talk about designers or whatever, but we were talking and just saying, and I think this was actually your idea and then we flushed it out together, but kind of the idea of getting together in person to do stitching. And what I think's cool and crazy at the same time is this idea of getting together in person with people you met online was like true well or not it was kind of born out of the pandemic, right? So there's been a lot of people who met in Zoom 
stitching or stitch clubs that had to meet online or through Instagram, they liked someone's project and they said, hey, I like your style or whatever. And so now the cool thing is, is that we're to your point now that we're in a little more of a safe environment, people are saying, hey, let's get together. But and, you know, truth in fairness, this all happened before the pandemic. There were classes, there were clubs, there were stitchins, there were retreats. But I think that I just feel like there's more of them now, maybe because I'm paying more attention. Well, and we also, there was a big hiatus. So, you know, you always miss what you can't have, right? So um, I know like the backbone of my personal shop before the pandemic, we had eight classes a week. Wow. That's incredible. And now, I mean, it's, it's a strange conundrum. Now uh, we are down to having a a Saturday once a month that has a double session because unfortunately we're just so busy. Like I just can't, can't handle, we don't have the bandwidth to handle eight classes a week anymore. It's just not realistic right now. Um, So, but so to your point, yes, we've always done in-person things, but then we didn't for a long time when we got used to doing online classes with national teachers, which is a gift because how much easier is it to sign up with an online national teacher when you don't have to book a hotel and a plane and a, and a, and a, um, but, and there's been lots of opportunities for stitch togethers. Um, you know, we do them informally about once a month, Megan and I, and a couple of our other shop buddy friends, Uh, There's other Facebook groups that have their own like Zoom stitching. But I think what I noticed um, this past weekend, we had uh, our first, what I'm going to deem our KISS retreats, our keep it super simple retreats here. Um, The first of what I think will be every three or four months. Um, And everyone said, it's so awesome to get together and to meet you, meaning me, or meet Liz, people that they feel like they know because they've been following our shop, or to meet each other because they've been following each other online. And so this getting together in person, sadly, but true, has kind of become a novelty again. Like everyone's super excited about it. Yeah, I think you're right. And um, I I was just kind of looking over my notes here. And, And I think I think what's cool is there's so many different types of things happening in different situations and different scenarios all over the place and at different shops and with different organizations. But I think um, what we're coming across a little bit is so so really quickly. So we've always we've to your point had hosted teachers. We've had classes. We've done you know things. But there's a lot of different terminology floating around, and there's a lot of different like um, things happening, which is awesome. But I think that creates just a tiny bit of confusion related to like, what does this mean? So in other words, you kind of came up with this acronym, keep it simple, because the idea was that people were going to come to your shop, but there wasn't a whole lot of bells and whistles associated with that. There wasn't a national teacher. There wasn't um, education around like formal education. And so, um, so we just, uh, I think it was a good idea when you said, let's kind of like analyze sort of what types of things are happening in stores and like, what did that, what does that look like? And what does that mean? And what should you look for based on what your interests are? And, um, so we kind of came up with like a basic little outline and I think kind of the three buckets that we, and I don't know whether this is inclusive or not, but kind of the three buckets we had are stitch clubs. So groups that get together on the regular, maybe they have a regular um, uh, 
uh, meeting time, or maybe you just look for different times. So I know Stitch Club Detroit has gotten a little more active. Stitch Club St. Louis has gotten a little more active. Um, I know that there are people, um, there was someone at one of our retreats that they've always had like a stitch group, like before Stitch Club, and they are more active. And so I think this stitch group kind of creating sort of a regular stitching scenario is something. I think classes are again, another bucket. So a specific class. So you go and um, we are promoting, you know, a finishing class or a, a learn how to bead class or a class with a national teacher. Um, and so there's kind of that bucket where you go knowing that you're going to have some sort of a formal, almost education when you go to, to a class. And then there's also these kind of like retreats and stitch-ins. I would kind of put those in the same bucket-ish. Um, and so like, again, a formal you know, once a quarter, a little more of an extravagant situation, but sort of what does that look like? And we get a lot of questions around that. So I just, I think those are kind of for our point of discussion, those kind of three buckets is sort of the way we looked at it. Is that fair? Yes. And if you're looking at like doing something in person, all of those things are going to have different parts and details to them and different price tags. And um, I think most shops do an excellent, excellent job of detailing what you're getting, when it's happening, and what the price tag is. So um, most things are kind of spelled out on most people's websites these days, but um, we just thought it would kind of be interesting to talk about like the different opportunities and kind of walk through them. So, so I think kind of the first thing is, um, like I said, the first bucket are kind of these regular stitch groups. And some things that come to my mind are, um, you know, this phenomenon of stitch club. There has been, you see rookie back there. Um, yeah. he, he, he's he been right by my feet. And now he's like, well, this isn't interesting anymore. I'm going to sit right here behind you on my normal couch. Um, but I think the phenomenon of stitch club is in a lot of different stitch cities. Uh, you know, there's stitch club Philly since Stitch Club Detroit, Stitch Club, you know, all. And I think that you can pretty easily, I think, um, like sort of search those on Instagram. Don't you think there's it's. And that's that's an important thing to point out, though, is that they're the Stitch Clubs were designed by some younger gals in three different states. And at that point in time, they really focused on Instagram as opposed to any other kind of social media. So you might find some things on Facebook or even TikTok or whatever. But. If you're starting a search looking for a stitch club in your area, you want to go to Instagram. And yeah. if there wasn't, isn't one in there in your area, if there's a general stitch club account, you can reach out to the gals and they will help you set one up. It takes next to nothing. They even design the logo for you for free. I believe that's still happening. I don't um, think and so, you know, the more the merrier always. And then for us here in St. Louis, we have a pretty vibrant, um, uh, Needlepoint Guild. So the ANG, the gateway chapter of the ANG has a lot of, I think they meet at least once a month. So I would encourage people to look up ANG and EGA, both stitching guilds that I know have regular stitch-ins. I know, um, I think our local chapter had been, um, if you're a member, which doesn't take a whole lot of, of financial obligation or really physical obligation, um, I think there are different opportunities with those organizations um, and for they, regular stitch-ins. And, um, to, and the, meetings. to our other point earlier too, they also, I think both EGA and for sure ANG have cyber chapters. So there's some virtual opportunities as well. 
Um, but like I said, we're, we're really trying to focus on in-person, but I, I was sure someone was going to pipe in in the comments saying, don't forget about the cyber chapters. So, yeah. And we haven't forgotten about, you know, the national teachers like Laura Taylor, who's doing still a really regular teaching, um, zoom thing, but we're really t- focusing uh, more on the in-person stuff because it's been a little bit more in both of our faces <laughs> a little bit more recently and a lot of questions surrounding it. And so we just wanted to get the information out. So those are the two really, um, kind of popular stitch group things. And, you know, also local needlepoint shops. So we have a, we have a regular stitching night at our shop. Um, we say it's from five to seven on Wednesday nights where people come in and stitch, but um, truthfully people start showing up at noon and they stitch all afternoon. And we also have a group of women who I think met when their children were young and they come in on Tuesdays. And so you might also just reach out to any of your local needlepoint shops and just say, Hey, is there any groups that come in and stitch on the regular? I know that in some stores there are, in some stores they're not. So I just think that would be a way to kind of get connected with a group like that. Sorry, I was getting some very odd um, Zoom notifications that I'd been signed out, but it appears that we're still live. So (laughs) it appears that we're still live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I kind of had a panic moment for a minute. So um, yeah, so then moving on from those situations are um, regular classes and regular shops. I think and sorry, I should back up. We don't currently have like a come in and stitch night. Um, and partially because the Stitch Club Detroit has, they've got two things a month. So we host them from time to time, but we don't have anything formal in our shop. Um, but I know that many of our shop owner buddies will have a day that's open stitching. Um, and open stitching generally means no teacher, show up, stitch, you know, enjoy the camaraderie, enjoy the community you know, staff members available to help you pull threads, you know, that kind of thing. But um, the next step up from that would be a formal class um, at your local needlepoint shop, I think. So I know uh, Lauren, who does your finishing forecast, and a lot of people are familiar with Lauren. Um, she does a class every Friday. Is that right? She does a class every Friday, 9 to 11. And it's it's what we would term an embellishment style. So um, you bring your own canvas um, and Lauren, and you might say like, hey, I need help with these angel wings. And she'd say, you know what? I think this thread might work great. I, I love this stitch. Or if you have a stitch guide that you're working through, like that you've purchased somewhere else in the world and you're struggling with a stitch, you just can't get it through. You can't get it started or whatever. She'd be happy to help with that. And I know a lot of, a lot of stores do embellishment or help. Um, the difference is, and I, I like to remind people this, we call it beyond basket weave for a reason. And that's because if you show up and you've never stitched before, you're going to be real frustrated because this is a group that's kind of moving quick and they've all got their, you know, she's going to help with a stitch. She's going to help with a thread. And then um, there's not a lot of hands on, you know, up the, up the letters, down the poles. Um, we actually at our shop, we have a, be- a free beginner um, class once the first Saturday of every month that is um, taught by our local ANG volunteers. And so that's really the time that you can come in and learn how to basket weave. Um, and I'm sure you probably do this too. We offer um, a, a private lesson. So if somebody really wants you know, to schedule a time, sit down for an hour, we, we schedule private lessons. And that's for somebody who just really wants one-on-one either learning to basket weaver really wanting one-on-one attention. Um, one thing that um, I think, but that, that's, yes, that's one thing I think people should ask their local shops, and this is not something that we do, but I know many shops do is make sure to check before you go that you can bring any canvas you want. Some shops um, request that the materials come from their walls. 
Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be brand new off their walls, but it they they prefer it be a canvas that was purchased there. Again, that's not something we do, um, but I know that that's you know somewhat common. And um, from a business perspective, I can respect that. So just again, I guess what we want to point out is knowing the right questions to ask before you go to whatever in-person event you're going to. Good, good call. And so, yeah, that's exactly why we were doing this is to try to point out any kind of things to be aware of, or just understanding kind of how things operate um, at a brick in a, in a um, in-person setting. So yeah, that's a great point. Um, we don't have that. And in fact, um, I probably should to your point, police that, but I, I just keep but... my house it's like it's a free for all at my shop. <laughs> Yes. Well, and I think it's great. You have a weekly class. We, um, like I said, went from having eight classes a week to um, February is actually the first month we're going to have regular in-person classes again. And um, again, we're, we're always struggling to find the time and the space for things. Um, so we are just doing a Saturday morning session and a Saturday afternoon session once a month. Um, and so we'll throw, awesome. throw the one monthly date out there. Um, but I think most most stores. Have- I'm sorry, but that's what you, that's what you would call embellishment style, where they bring their own canvas and someone assists them with threads and and stitches and how, however that goes, right? Um, because pull something fabulous out of her hat. So exactly, exactly. That is not my forte, and but we have people who who do that. I know you're really good at that too, and I I feel too much pressure. Um, so, but, um, I have to say I did it for many, many years. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think the next level I would just say is, is a embellishment class taught by a national teacher. So in other words, you would bring someone else in for, who is not look, who is not staff. And if this is not a regular occurrence at your store, so someone who probably has some notoriety for one reason or another, um, for us, we've brought in, you know, Connie Camp, who has been a, a long, a relatively long time teacher, and she has taught embellishment classes. Jill Rigoli was an embellishment teacher for us. I know you used to have a local teacher, and I can't remember her name. Yeah, Kathy. Hold on, I say it wrong. Fenchel. Fenchel. Fenchel, not Schenkel. Uh, yeah, so Kathy Fenchel used to come. Um, you're frozen, so I'm going to keep talking. Oh, you're unfrozen. Good. Um, Kathy used to come once a month. Um, I had Abigail Cecile here teach a class before the pandemic. Um, again, we just we're we're kind of I feel like we're a little late to the party getting rolling just because I'm a little more conservative and cautious than Megan is. She's like, just do it. And I'm always like, let me overthink it for a little bit. So, you know, that's where we're at. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, in, I'm saying. In past in past history, I've had it, and I inherited a shop that did a lot of classes, a lot of teaching, and so I kind of fell into that. In fact, that's how Melissa and I met was through a class um, yeah, that the Needlepoint Clubhouse had offered. Yeah, and so so, but so that I guess that's what I'm saying. The next level would be an embellishment class taught by someone who was brought in, and you're probably going to be there for a weekend or two. I know, you know, I think Tony Maneri is um, kind of famed for his embellishment type of um, classes. And, um, I think, um, a lot of other Meredith and there's a lot of people that do this embellishment style, the embellishment squad. Yeah. So, but then, so then the next thing would be a project class. And so a project class would be where you are going to a class intending to work on a project that has been predetermined. 
Is that right. fair? Yes, the, the the store and or the teacher has picked a canvas, written a stitch guide, pulled thread kits together, and you show up with your basic stitching supplies, your glasses, your lights, your needles, your scissors, like whatever you need. Uh, but you're going to be 100% focused on that project for the day, the weekend, the whatever. And I would say typically in that scenario, what you mentioned earlier is is very common. Whereas it's not that you can pull, if it, you just so happen to see a class somewhere in the country and they're teaching it on a canvas that you already own. Um, speaking from experience, bringing in these national teachers is is not um, an inexpensive endeavor. And you typically, as a as an owner, don't really make money on the experience. So um, the financial gain for a, for a business owner is to sell the canvas and the threads related to the project. And so it's a little bit of a hit when someone calls and says, hey, I already own this canvas. Could I come and join the class? Um, so in that case, we have done, depending on the scenario, we've done like kind of like a corkage fee, like, well, yeah, sure you can, but we're going to charge you a little more because we need to make up for that cost. Um, but I would say that for certain, in most instances that I'm familiar with, you you go to the store, purchase all of the supplies from that shop, probably pay for both a teaching fee and a stitch guide fee. And then they may or may not have lunch or snacks or, um, you know, continental breakfast, or it kind of just depends on the situation and the shop and the amount of space that they have and the what they're able to provide. But um, I've been in situations where um, we um, brought in lunch for everybody. And I've been in situations where we said, hey, you've got an hour, go take a break, figure it out. Um, and I know you've taken way more classes than I have. So am I am I am I explaining scenarios that you're familiar with? Yeah, um, I will tell you, I went to an embellishment class class a few years ago with a, a shop that's not too, too far from me. Um, and they were very gracious because it was an embellishment class. And you they asked that your canvas come from their shop. Well, I had my heart set on it being a canvas that I already owned. So they were very gracious with me. And I said, you know what, I don't, I will come and I will buy obviously all the threads for the canvas I own if I could do this one. And then I, I will buy another similarly sized canvas off of your walls while I'm there. So that's how we kind of negotiated that. So if you see somebody, don't let that be a total deal breaker, because if you come up with a reasonable solution, um, you know, I, I think most shop owners will, will work with you. Um, to your point earlier, Megan, what people may not understand is when a national teacher comes here, um, as a shop owner, I'm paying for their travel expenses, all their meals, their hotel, like everything that happens in the three days that they're here is on my dime. So, um, you know, it's, it is not an inexpensive endeavor and it's something super exciting for those of us as stitchers to go to. Um, and it's super exciting for us to host something like that, but it's, um, it's involved, you know, it's a lot of a, not, a lot of number crunching and making sure you're breaking even and all those kind of boring things that we don't really want to talk about. But when people say, wow, those classes are so expensive. Well, you're paying for not only that amazing teacher's expertise, but, you know, their logistics as well. So. Exactly. And you want to treat them like any professional and you don't want to, you know, ask them to stay at, you know, the rinky dink hotel down the street or to, you know, to, to, you know, you know what I'm saying? We, I, I prefer to, to honor them as a professional, like in any industry and treat them, as you just said, with a nice hotel room and a nice dinner and all those things. I, I wouldn't expect anyone to, you know, schlep to St. Louis in, 
you know, 12 degree weather for anything less than that. <laughs> so it's awful here today, by the way. <laughs> um, go ahead. In terms of classes uh, that are just kind of like sideline classes that you will see a lot of too are, um, and I think you just hosted one yourselves not too long ago, are some sort of finishing classes are kind of out there and painting classes are also out there. So, um, and in those cases, many times it's usually uh, not necessarily a national teacher teaching it, but it's usually not just a staff member teaching. It's like somebody in between that specializes in those kind of things that might, that person may not be as well known, but they are someone with a lot of expertise to be able to teach you painting, which I know nothing about. Actually, I know a little bit about after being at the pointing it out retreat at your shop, but not, not much. Um, and, uh, finishing, which, um, you know, is its own deep dive of what you could possibly learn. So. Yep. We are, we do have a finishing class on the docket and we did just host one too. Um, and that, um, yeah, it's, that is another thing. That's something that really has to be thought out something, you know, finishing takes a long time. And so we have in our shop, we figured out a couple of ways to host these classes that are cutting some corners and having things already prepared and just getting into the nitty gritty. And, um, if you're like me and I know Melissa, I won't speak out of turn. Like you took the class or you watched it and you were like, nope, not doing that. I did, I did an online class with Abigail Cecile. I learned a ton and I will never do it again. But I feel like those kind of classes make you a better stitcher. Whether you choose to continue down that path or not, that learning opportunity teaches you like, I, I don't have to ask my finishing manager all the time, when do I need extra rows anymore? Like I get it now because I've, I've done it. So those kind of things just kind of teach you some basic knowledge, whether you choose to continue to partake in it or not. It's another story. You know, I want to say one other thing too. Don't be hard on local needlepoint shops who aren't offering the litany of classes and things because, well, in general, I mean, not even that, but like having the right resources available to you is a really hard thing. So, you know, for example, we have some finishers who are here in St. Louis who are willing to take a class, who don't have a lot of, a lot of, other, excuse me, teach a class, who don't have a lot of other life things happening around, you know, I mean, this is a very, very specialized area and there are not a lot of people who do it. And then there are not a lot of people who do it well enough or are comfortable enough to also teach a class. So it sounds like an easy thing to do, but as a, as a professional in a, in an industry, I want to make sure that we're putting out a good product and I don't just want any old person to come in and, you know, put together a class. So it's, it's. Well, and it's like anything else in life, just because you're really good at it doesn't mean that you're good at teaching it too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so um, I think the point that we're making about classes is that the costs range, the options range, the um, the, the the rules and regs, <laughs> so to speak, change. Um, and so I, I really I really think kind of the moral to our story here is to really rely on your local needlepoint shops to help you come up with. And if your local needlepoint shop isn't next door rely on a local needlepoint shop that you're comfortable with to talk to them about what classes they're offering and and even to help you connect with other other um shops you know we 
kind of put this out there. We, Melissa and I both belong to a group of other, um, I think we've probably mentioned this before, other shop owners. Um, we have a communication circuit and we said, hey guys, what, what kind of classes we want to kind of get a, a straw poll on sort of what's going on in the world. And there were so many um, that um, we're going to suggest that our colleagues maybe use the um, communication tool here on this episode to maybe put out some links or um, say, hey, we've got some classes, check out our website. Um, because believe it or not, I, I have to say, maybe I'm naive. I didn't realize there was quite as much happening as there is. And that's because I live in a, my own tunnel. <laughs> We're both but just... there's a lot going on out there. There's a lot. So, so, yeah, so I mean, especially from the class perspective, we have a little bit more um, to talk about, of course, but um, yeah, make sure you check out the comments because that's where you might find links to things. And again, that's probably only relevant if you're watching this, you know, what day is today? We're uh, going to upload this, this, uh, today's the 31st of January. We're going to upload this this Saturday. So if you're looking at it in January of 2024, the comments might not be relevant. Um, but if you're watching it super soon, the comments hopefully will be very relevant. Um, so then so, our, you think we can move on to our next category? Yeah. So next up in our world um, is retreats or stitch-ins, which I think those those terms can be interchangeable to some people. Um, I was telling Megan before we started, my staff feels like there's a very different um, connotation between a stitch in and a retreat, but you know, I guess that's tomato, tomato, I don't know. Um, so, but in any of these events, typically it's something that is a two to three day event. I was gonna say over a period of time, so not Ish. just one day. Um, and, um, Many times it's you're traveling to it. Um, and some of those retreats and or stitch-ins will have formal education. Some of it might be project-based. Um, some of it won't have any formal education, but I can tell you firsthand that even if there's no formal education, you will go home having learned a ton. Um, so there's a lot of different varieties in those. Um, I think we might as well because we're we're kind of known for them at this point. Um, should we talk about the Pointing It Out podcast retreat and how we've structured that in the past? Because I think that's that's one variety. So, um, so we, yeah. what are are we? On, we are on our fourth retreat, about to have our fourth Pointing It Out podcast retreat. That's what I was trying to count in my head. Um, so in our case. We do, it's like a two and a half day retreat. We start out with a welcome reception on Friday nights and, and our formula is kind of the same, whether it's in St. Louis or Detroit, some minor tweakage, but basically it's the same. So a welcome reception on Friday night where everyone gets to meet and greet each other. Um, one thing I will tell you is so many people come by themselves and they go home with so many new friends. It's it's amazing how that happens. Um, awesome. I had a number of people with this current retreat we did just this past weekend, which is a simpler version, um, that they were so nervous about coming by themselves. And I kept saying, most of the people are going to come by themselves. And we had um, 18 spots. And I think there were two gals who came together. The rest came on their own. So, And they all went home like with so many new friendships. I saw so many emails and Instagram names and phone numbers being exchanged and whatever. So pointing out podcast retreat, back to that. 
Friday night reception, um, and then all day stitching Saturday and Sunday, some kind of special events thrown in throughout the day, but it's bring your project. Um, we do some, pardon if, me if I pat around shoulders, some really great party favors. Um, we have some interesting speakers, um, but really the crux of it is building community and being together and making new friends, seeing what other people are, are stitching, both of us um, really um, add on to our staffing for the weekend. So you have all sorts of personal shoppers to help you. Um, you end up doing some, Im some impromptu learning. Um, and I don't think that's any different for me this past weekend. I ended up doing on-the-fly ribbon demonstration, on-the-fly how to do turkey work. Um, although actually Lauren was highlighted at the retreat too because they were pulling up her video of how to how she do turkey work. Yeah which is super cute. Um, and then I showed them my way and some of them are like, no, I'm going to stick with Lauren's way. And the other, other gals are like, no, I like your way. And so um, what else do we, we taught someone how to be like, so a lot of things go on, even though they're not on the calendar, so to speak. So, um, and we bring in lunches. What else do we do that? I haven't talked about plan. We plan dinners that are optional. Um, we have a block of hotel rooms. We, we really kind of say at your service, you know, everything is planned out for you. So that you really don't have to do anything other than kind of make your plane reservation for the most part. Yeah. I mean, there's thought about, um, uh, you know, groups of people saying, Hey, I've got, a, I've rented a car, so I need a ride. Or in our case, we have, we're lucky enough. And I know your situation is different, but we're lucky enough to work with a hotel that isn't, you know, it's not the Ritz Carlton. It's not, you know, but it's a, it's an affordable hotel that's close enough that has a shuttle. So we try to think about that from the perspective of um, ease, but yeah. So, so the shop, the, the host is really working hard to make sure that every step is, is in some way lined out either. Here's where you're going to get food or here's where you could get food or here's how you get there. Or, you know, here are some ideas of how to get there or here's the, you know, so it's, and, and everybody's kind of staying in the same spot. So then you can go back to your lobby and hang out and have a cocktail and, you know, whatever. So in my opinion, the pointing it out podcast retreat will have some residual education, but it's really all about meeting people you've seen online, seeing what they're stitching, um, hanging out, chatting, buying some new things because that's always fun in our world. And then, you know, moving on. Um, we have also done it with different sizes. So Melissa is able to host more people uh, than I am at my shop because she does it off site. And so the size range is, is a little, you know, um, hers is a little larger. Mine's a little, what I'm, I'm I was going to say the numbers, but am I 40 and you're 60 or something around that? Um, and then, um, we're hosting another retreat that has nothing to do with the podcast. It just has so, so in other words, the guest star won't be there. Um, but, uh, you know, we're it's similar situation where we're having it at our shop. Um, but we've also had people reach out and say, um, we are a group of people who all know each other on zoom. Can we stop in at your shop on one day and stitch all day? And, um, and that was the stitcher safe place group that has formed a nice camaraderie. And so we hosted them for a day. I would consider that a retreat, even though it was only one day scheduled at our shop, but they were retreating to St. Louis. They were in a hotel and they asked if they could come to our shop for a day, which certainly we um, figured out a way to do it. Um, but we've had people reach out and say, you know, it's nice for us to get a heads up if you're going to be in St. Louis, which is basically what this group did and just said, we've got, you know, 
I don't know how 40 people or whatever coming for the weekend. Can we stop in that way? We're prepared for it. Um, but then again, there's also times when you might say, I've got 12 people. We want to travel to St. Louis. Can we come in? So for us, we've made that happen. Um, but it all kind of depends if the stars align, the calendars open, we have staffed, you know, so, um, and I know you would do the same, Melissa, if there was a group of people, you know, staying, doing something else or whatever, you would obviously accommodate. And I know most shops would. So, yes. Um, yeah. So, so we talked about the pointing out podcast retreat there. Canvas is a big, uh, name in this retreat world. Um, and I don't know much about it. It's one of those things that I would love to go to, but theirs is, I think four days and they have all sorts of national teachers. Um, right. so they're you, with that, you sign up, I think for particular classes and projects. Um, I think the EGA does something very similar and so does ANG with their national conventions. Those kind of all feel the same to me. Um, and then, um, I think there's just a lot simpler ones. Like I know, um, our friend Patty at Stitch Stash does like, I think hers is once a month, maybe I'm kind of guessing where she just has a weekend retreat. Um, she's in a vacation town that in the winter, they don't get as much traffic. So um, she does a once a month retreat there that is super affordable. Um, and that's, she brings people in and everyone, there's a cute little inn by her and they all stay there. Um, Doesn't that sound lovely? Let's go. <laughs> no, I know. She crashed there one weekend. Uh, we just did our kiss retreat here this weekend, which was the first time we've done so any sort of retreat in our building. Um, by the way, our friend Allie was here, who I know, Megan, you know, and she said, you're never allowed to say your shop is small again. Like this place is three times the size of Patty's shop. And, you know, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't know why you say it's so small all the time. I said, well, first of all, We've, we no longer have the yarn, so it feels much bigger for a needlepoint style retreat. And I'm like, and remember, the mo the shop that I spend the most time at outside of my own is Megan's. And she made some comment like, well, that's that's ridiculous. That's an unrealistic expectation. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we had 18 people here, but um, we didn't do everything that we are planning for the pointing it out retreat. It was literally show up. We sent them a list of Here's some hotels you might want to consider. Here's some dinner places you might want to consider. Like we sent them resources to plan their own time. Um, and we were just here from 10 to four both days and it was great fun, but much a much simpler affair. I think the moral to the story is that ask some questions. When you see something go up or somebody advertising something, there's no reason why not to email or, or even just, you know, click on the link and read the description and just know that there's a lot of different ways to kind of, what do they say? A lot of different ways to skin a cat. Sorry. I know that's not a nice, maybe people, you cat lovers, sorry, but you know, there's a lot of different ways to get to the, to the end result and, um, a lot of different fees associated or not, or, you know, and, um, you know, I, I was talking, we had this group come, they kind of said they were coming and um, there was only, I think, 15 or so of them. And it felt like a dream because it was so calm. Right, right. <laughs> so I sat down and stitched for a minute and, um, and I said, they said, well, what do you, do you want to go to retreats? And I'm like, yeah, I just want to go to a retreat where I can just like sit in the corner and stitch and talk to people. But unfortunately, or well, I'm very, very lucky and grateful, but I get to host them a lot and be a, a, a you know, side host or whatever you want to call me, but when I go to Detroit, but 
um, it's not nearly as relaxing when you're in charge, but, um, but definitely I think the ones that just sit, you just sit and stitch and maybe somebody feeds you some food every once in a while. That sounds pretty lovely to me. <laughs> so. Well, and I think I, two things that I think are really interesting. First of all, I think the group of 15 that you're talking about, and hopefully I'm connecting these dots properly for the most part, those 15 gals did not know each other until they came to the first pointing it out retreat. Yeah. So yeah. they met each other a year and a half ago because of a, re- a retreat that we happen to be hosting. And they've stayed, they've all stayed like really good friends because of it, which well, I think- and I'm going to throw one more thing out there, which is what came up around this. And I think um, we get a little bit of angst around this topic and Melissa's going, oh God, what is she going to say? Um, so this group said, we all enjoyed each other's company. And we didn't want to take a spot away from other people who want to have the opportunity to go to a pointing it out podcast retreat. And so we're just going to plan our own thing. So we, and in addition to that, they can't guarantee that their group of friends that they've made are all going to get in the lottery, right? So we have maintained this lottery system for a fairness, but I think what's beautiful and what's a shame about it is that then some people are like, but wait. I have this group of friends that I want to try to see once a year now because we've maintained this friendship and I can't guarantee that they can all go to the, to the retreat. So what do we do kind of a thing? And um, so they've decided to maintain, kind of do their own thing, which I think is great. Um, And so there is a difference between a lottery system and a system where you say, uh, or shop or a person says, you know, like right now we have a couple of classes up on our website they're available to sign up. We've got Kelly Clark coming. Uh, Connie Camp is closed, but it's kind of like a first come, first served. Um, so it, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, except for that you kind of have to choose your own adventure and determine what you're in it for and make decisions based on that. Well, and the fun thing with this little retreat we just had too is, um, and Meg and I have done this since we first did a retreat. We both feel strongly that, um, rightly or wrongly, but thankfully we're both on the same page. Um, we always assign seats because we probably both have PTSD from middle school and going to lunch and not knowing where you're supposed to sit. And if someone's going to be nice to you, now I will say middle school girls aren't always nice. Middle pointers are pretty much always nice. Um, but that said- I mean- I'm going to tell you what my PTSD is from, and it's not middle school. That was an awful experience, but we've all gotten past that. What I don't like is when you go to a wedding and there's not seating. So then you've got like three people or like your date and you're like, is this seat taken? Oh, shoot. There's only one there. I need two. Is that seat taken? You can't like cobble, like you can't move chairs and stuff. So I just always figure if you give people a place to plant, then they can trade. But at least you have like an assigned spot to go. (laughs) But to your point. So from the podcast, our takeaway here was I said to the staff gals, we're assigning seats. I just feel like everyone, all these people are nervous about coming by themselves. They're going to come in. They're going to know where to go. So we had, yes. you know, we just, to- yes. and you kind of know some of the personalities of the people you, that are coming, you kind of do your best. And so we just, you know, assigned seats. And the first day, some uh, gal, Allie, that I just talked about is from Potomac. And I had sat her just randomly with these two gals from Ann Arbor and they walk in, they're like, wait, we know you. I go, how do you know each other? They're a different age group, you know, different parts of the country. They're like, we were at Stitch Stash together when 
we couldn't get into the pointing it out retreat. We decided to go and visit Patty. Isn't that cute? So and then, yes. then what I did, I, I don't even know if I told you this yet, Megan, but the on day two, I'm so mean. I would have been a terrible teacher. We reassigned seats because I wanted, I think I felt like from some of our pointing it out retreats, people made really good friends, but they didn't then kind of spread beyond their table. And so I kind of forced people to like make new friends the next day. Uh, but for the most part, at least no one told me they didn't like it. For the most part, everyone I think was really happy about it because then they just made more connections and more needlepoint friends and built their community. And, you know, we've talked from day one that that's, that's what this is all about. So. I love that. I love that. I, I tried, I tried to do that and we were going to do that, but then everybody was like, but wait, do I have to move my stand and my whatever? And I was like, you no. moved it for them. We, we stayed yeah. late to day one. But again, this is in my shop. We only had 18 people. It's totally different from having 40 or 60 people. So 18 was doable. So we won't be doing that at the pointing it out retreat. So the I, I hope that what people have gained out of this discussion between you and I is just that there's a lot of different words. There's a lot of different terminology. You're not silly if you ask the question, is there any education going on at this particular event? What should I bring? Um, our hope always is to try to give people the best information, you know, give them all the information, but invariably we forget something. And so definitely ask, do I need to bring my own lunch? Am I paying for my own whatever? Um, because we try to think of all the things, but we're only here. And different mm -hmm. stitchers have different budgets and different shops offer a variety of things typically that are at different price points. So just um, don't, don't let the dollars hold you back, get out there and try to meet some people. I mean, I had people, most of the people, this recent retreat were not from our immediate area. A lot of them though were driving distance. We had some people who flew, you know, but so what, you know, your driving is going to, for the most part, be less expensive than you're flying and your local shop's going to be cheaper than going three hours away, but just keep that all in mind. Yes, for sure. Um, and again, I just want to point out, we did reach out to our colleagues at other shops and a lot of them responded that they were having a lot of classes. So I really want people to, to reach out. Um, we got, we got Emily's, uh, commented Patty. We had the knotted needle. We had, um, Kathy, I think Beltrup from um, Stitching Studio, we had, I mean, tons and tons and tons of people saying, yeah, we've got stuff, we have stuff, we have stuff. And um, so I don't want to let those guys down by by saying that, you know, we, we were hoping to kind of promo that a little bit. That was our original intent, but it got a little overwhelming. Uh, stupid me. Wow. I didn't realize that there was that much happening. Uh, yes, it was very, it was very cool. Um, and so our hope is that our colleagues at other shops will use this platform to throw some information down in the comments so that, again, to Melissa's point, it may not be relevant six months from now, but in the next couple of weeks, it may be. And so hopefully that's a resource. I don't know. Um, the other resource, and I, again, I shouldn't start talking about things that I don't know the answers to. The other resource- I'm really good at that. So I'm glad you're hopping on that bandwagon with me. Uh, on Facebook, there is a Facebook group called Needlepoint Events, I believe. Oh. And again, this was kind of like pre-2020. Um, I have not been on it in a long time, I guess, mainly because I don't have time to go anywhere in Needlepoint. Um, I have to say as a sideline, one of my dreams is go to, to go to Barbara's retreat in, in uh, South Oh, I don't know Barbara. I just know Barbara's. Like, I kind of, I, I'm with you. We will do that. 
Little item, but we digress. But um, this needlepoint events used to be a really good place to go to see what was going on. Um, can't tell you if it's still relevant or not, but worth worth a poke at the Facebook group for sure. One hundred percent. So, um, did we cover it, Melissa? Is this really only like almost an hour, and we covered our notes and we got through it, and we were too serious this time? I think. No, there, there's probably a whole lot we forgot. Let's be honest, but. <laughs> But as always, you know, you guys, um, we are kind of bad at managing our Instagram DMs. It's very hard, but you can always find information at our shops. So call us or email our stores. Um, you know, like I said, look at these notes. Um, we, I will speak for myself, but I know Melissa, you are too. I am very dedicated to continue the equipment around needlepoint. I want to get the word episode. When Melissa brought this up, I thought it was really important for us to do this just to encourage people to get out, find resources, do things. Um, I agree with you that this is a very kind community of people and there's there's a lot of friends to be had. Um, whether they are lifelong friends or friends for a minute and a half when you're sitting at a table, at least you can find some enjoyment when you're doing some stitching at a retreat. And I I just really think it's worth it. So. I agree. We both have to carve out some time and do it for ourselves. That's what I've got to say about that. I'm getting, let me get my kids a little bit older. And I, like, I have to go on a camping trip for Girl Scouts in a couple weeks. And I'm like, literally, my first thought was, okay, so first of all, camping in the middle of February. And I was like, okay, so we're not outside, right? The second of all, I'm like, I wonder how much needlepoint I could get done. <laughs> I'll roast some marshmallows. I'll do some crafts, but they have to go to bed at some point. Right. And it's not like I can drink wine on a Girl Scout retreat. So I'm going to have to, you know, clearly anyway, you've, you've so not funny, been but yes, that's what my free time. They may not go to bed. I, I did a camp out at the um, science museum in Toledo with Kaylee. And I don't think those girls went to bed the entire time. So yeah. Well, in a science museum, that sounds terrifying. I don't think I'd fall asleep either. Well, the other problem is, is they never turned off the lights. I mean, like they turned down oh. the lights, but they were like these floor lights, so it was never dark. So all these kids are like, I can't sleep. It's too hot out. Anyway, we digress. For our kids, all I'm trying to tell you is there will be a day when I will travel and stitch and love my life. But in the meantime, I'm going to try to enjoy some time with my kids Good. in some, some sort of a cabin in middle Missouri. I look forward <laughs> to hearing about it. <laughs> all right. I think we're all set here. I don't even remember who started this shindig. I think it was you. I think so it was me. So out. let's wrap it up by saying thank you for joining us. Um, if you are not subscribed to our YouTube account, we would love it if you'd push that subscribe button. You don't have to have a special type of email. Any type of email will subscribe. Um, and you just get a little notification whenever we drop a new episode, which is generally every two weeks, every Saturday night, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central except for the couple times where we have technical snafus and it might be a little bit later, but for the most part, we're pretty good. Um, but then you'll get a notification. More importantly, it helps other stitchers find us. So we appreciate that. All right. Well, thank you, Melissa. Thanks for tolerating my chaos here, my dogs and my people. And, you know, have a great week, my dear. Talk to you soon. Putting It Out podcast is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. 
For more information, please visit us on Instagram at Pointing It Out Podcast or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Pointing It Out Podcast. Shop online at Needlepoint Clubhouse by visiting stlneedlepoint.com and follow us on Instagram at stlneedlepoint. And visit the Wool and the Floss online shop at woolfloss.com and follow at Wool and the Floss on Instagram as well.